the diamond, I realized. Empathy Museum presents A Mile in My Shoes. These shoes are a pair of black boots with red contrast stitching and a yellow shape on the side. They have both a zip and laces and they have a reinforced toe and heel. The bottom says that they are oil and heat resistant and they look relatively new. These shoes belong to Sean. This is his story. I'm Sean Bloxich from Margaret River. I run a small touring business down there and I'm a crew leader in the Warcliffe Volunteer Bushfire Brigade. I was working for a winery business for about five or six years and I saw what I thought was a great opportunity to open, probably best described as a sort of a high-end gourmet eco-touring experience. I started the business back in 2008, so not the best timing, start of a global financial crisis and pretty much got to almost September of that first year and I'd blown about 100 grand, everything I had, I lost it all. Um, couldn't get anyone to do the tour, it was just horrible. Uh, and my life quite literally changed overnight and it was all down to a review website where people had gone up and, and written some rather nice reviews uh, and the algorithms that sit behind all that suddenly spun me up into the number one thing to do in Margaret River and that was it. The next morning my phone and email went absolutely nuts uh, and I never looked back really. Part of moving to a small town I think is you know, the way that it works is that you get a lot of people giving back into that community. And I kind of look to the fire brigade as my opportunity. You know, some people, I think, quite enjoy the experience of fire. I don't think I'm one of those. But my very first day uh, with the brigade, after doing all of the units of training, they sort of sent me out into the bush with what they call a fire bug, a little fire starting unit, and got me to start lighting fires, which I'm sure they were watching me very carefully to see whether, how excited I got about that. Yeah, I suppose heading into a fire, you definitely, there's a range of emotions that will be going through, listening to that radio traffic, listening to people, hearing what's going on and, and just trying to calm yourself before you arrive on the scene and just going through in your head, you know, what, what do we need to do here um, and are people looking to me for, for some sort of guidance as well. The bigger fires that we've been sort of sent away to, uh, fires such as the Rolly Stone fire up in Perth a few years ago, Coming into something like that as well, it's just like a, a one firefighter described to me. He's, you know, he'd, he'd been in the army, and he said this is like going into you know, a, a battleground, really. It's just the way it's all set up and all organised. Um, it's quite a surreal experience. And in those ones, I think it's it's actually probably, even though it's a massive fire, it, it's probably a, a greater sense of calm because you do you are surrounded by so many people and so many resources. The only thing I find a bit scary is maybe not the word, but more concerning in those is you're just completely unfamiliar. Uh, with the landscape that you're going into in the sense if you're in there at night time you just you really don't know where you're going as you start going into a fire you can pretty much write off even for the smaller incidents it seems to be pretty much a whole day disappears on you um, and then yeah it can be multiple days on on the bigger events you know everyone thinks about the fire but the real work is that blackout work that has to happen afterwards and that's just hard yak a long slog and that can just go on for days and days and days, really, as to, as to how much effort's required. We were up uh, at another Perth fire, and it was dark, dark, probably middle of the night, I'm guessing, and uh, I'd been tasked with, with this big tree that had fallen over and putting out the insides of it, and I'm sort of leaning in in the pitch black, leaning into this tree, uh, trying to shoot some water up this hollow, and I suddenly start feeling all these little things all over me up around my neck and I was like oh this doesn't feel good so I've called out to one of the boys for the torch 
and he's come and lit me up and I must have leant into an entire bee swarm that was obviously quite subdued by the smoke, thank goodness. But uh, yeah, hundreds of bees crawling all over me, which then, yeah, that was the end of putting out the fire. It was just a matter of getting the bees out of my uniform. A lot of people just, they just don't fully understand or fully appreciate the level of fire risk of living in the Western Australian bush or Australian bush in general. You know, fire is, it's completely inevitable. And you look around you and you just shake your head sometimes as to how people live. Perhaps they assume that someone's coming to put the fire out if it occurs to them. The Margaret River fire experience, and that was uh, a control burn that had been going for about a week, and they'd done an awesome job, precision job, but, you know, I think the evidence suggests they were probably a little bit complacent uh, in that, you know, the wind came up very, very strongly in the morning and before their first crews had arrived to sort of deal with the, the control burn. As fire embers sort of uh, went across into unburnt ground, that was it, it was gone. That wind just got stronger and stronger and stronger. And I remember going off to work, I had some guests doing a wine tour and I picked them up and you could sort of see smoke you know, starting to, to come up out of where they've been burning all week so we're used to seeing smoke. So I picked my guests up and off we went to um, the first winery and they're there for a little while so I said look guys I'm just going to leave you to do your tasting and I'm just going to duck out and see if I can give the boys uh, a bit of a hand. That was it. <laughs> I, never, I never saw my guests again. They got evacuated from the winery that they were uh, tasting at and I ended up in the fire ground and we had fire sort of all going uh, around the top of the Narrabup area at this stage. It was jumping the road and moving through the bushes around the houses. In my mind, I was still having to get back to my guest. Um, so I got off the truck and I jumped in my own personal vehicle and I start driving back. I'm just confronted with this absolute wall of fire is probably the only way you could describe it as it crosses Warcliffe Road and heads up into what we refer to as the wilderness area. I was kind of on my own at that point and thought, right, oh, well, let's, let's just do what we can here. Initially sort of blocked off Warcliffe Road because there were still people that were thinking that they were going to get out. I remember a German couple uh, in a car, you know, I'm telling them to stop and they're like, no, 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 we've got to get back to town. And, and they just drove past me into essentially, yeah, what was most likely would have been the end of them if they'd kept going down the road. And I'm running down and it's like, no, 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 you can't. You can't go that way and finally convince them they had to turn around and go back towards the beach. And it's just bizarre to see that people would behave in that manner. You know, maybe they're not familiar with fire, but they couldn't see anything in front of them, but they thought that was a good decision to keep on going, to get away from, from where they were. I then progressed into the streets around that area, just seeing if there's anything that could be done. And there was just houses burning down everywhere. Wherever you look, there was just houses on fire. The only fire truck that arrived was this small little light tanker uh, with two ladies on board and they were like, you know, what can we do? And I said, there's definitely things you can save in there, uh, but there is stuff on fire everywhere. You, you know, you can only do what you can only do and, and they're in a, in a light tanker. That's literally, you know, at full water capacity, that's, you know, only five to ten minutes of, of water there really. Although if you stretch it out, you can make that last. Um, and sent the ladies down that street and... Yeah, just this overwhelming sense of what the hell have I done here? They literally disappeared into smoke. Probably the worst feeling I've ever had in the fire brigade is, you know, did I did I just send them into something that they're not going to come back out of? Certainly the Margaret River fires back in 2011, that was well probably the only time I've felt genuinely scared and just going, you know, what the hell am I doing here? just waves of fire you know the first one would come through and you think right that's it and then somehow it just come from another angle um, another intense rush 
you know, I think perhaps one of my biggest regrets in the Margaret River fires, and it's still, you know, it, it hurts still to today, is to have had a friend and he said, you know, I think that particular tree is probably what's going to do you a hat, you know, this big tree leaning over your house um, and everything growing around your house. Fire is most likely going to approach from this angle. And, and even to the point of saying before the fire that this, you know, this control burn's happening, you know, you need to take action. And none of that seemed to be processed or, or, or any action taken. And, I, and their house went um, and they lost absolutely everything. And I'm sure there is a hundred times more frustrated than me now in, in having not prepared for that properly. You just look around you and you see that the people really don't think it's going to happen to them. On the really risky days, everyone's an edge. And we'll, we'll, just, we'll just know. You know, you know, don't go... Uh, at a mobile range don't take a big trip up to Perth or anything like that just stick around you'll even find some of those days the guys are just at the station fire definitely influences my decision I mean I live in the bush I live in preparation for fire but the people in the town don't seem to have the same level of concern so even though I do spend maybe I reckon a good sort of five or six months of the year with that kind of underlying fear I've acknowledged within myself that even if I moved into town the reality is that would be just the same situation Sean's story was produced by Mary Fatten His shoes are part of a growing collection of footwear hosted by the Empathy Museum's A Mile In My Shoes exhibition the shoes and stories come from all over the world. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram to find out where we are going next. <laughs>